Good evening. Our top story tonight. First, I'll have to learn how to remove the banner, but our top story tonight, NFL honors. They are in the books. Lamar Jackson is the MVP, and a lot of people feel aggrieved based on how things went. A lot of people disagree with the results of all of these awards, or at least a lot of them. So we'll cover that. We'll cover some NFL updates across the league coaching news, player news, transactions, and that final little thing, you know, coming up on Sunday, the big game. I'll talk about all of that and more on player profiling today. And so we are back in the NFL honors are officially in the books and six of the nine major awards go to the AFC North with four of them going to the Cleveland Browns. Another two of those awards go into the Houston Texans. So it was pretty much a sweep between the Cleveland Browns, the AFC North and the Houston Texans just dominating, absolutely dominating the awards. And of course, Lamar Jackson is the MVP. This is the one award where there are five different votes. So your first place votes, that gets you 10 points. Your second place vote, that gets you five points. The third place gets you three. The fourth place gets you two. And the fifth place gets you one. Every other award, it's five votes for first place, three votes for second place, and one vote for third place. You only get three options for every award, but the MVP... And the MVP pretty much unanimously is Lamar Jackson. 49 votes with one vote to Josh Allen. Did Lamar Jackson get robbed as another unanimous MVP? Should it have been Lamar Jackson? Should he have been making history? I don't know about that, honestly, because the reason Lamar Jackson is the MVP is because everyone else dropped the ball down the stretch. Lamar Jackson was an underwhelming MVP, at least statistically. He had over 3,000 yards passing, 1,200 yards rushing, which is incredible, but didn't top 30 touchdowns. Now, a large part of this is because they ran Gus Edwards at the end zone, Justice Hill at the red zone, but still, it's not clear cut. So the outrage for one voter picking Josh Allen instead of Lamar Jackson to be MVP, the outrage just feels wrong, really. It, just, it feels misplaced because there was no consensus for so long. It was, okay, well, this week it's Dak Prescott. This week it's Brock Purdy. This week it's Josh Allen. This week it's Dak Prescott again. This week it's Lamar Jackson. This week it's Tua. And it just kept cycling and cycling and cycling. So to be that angry when Josh Allen gets one first place vote, I, I just don't see it. And I also, you know, start to wonder because it was so unclear because it was so murky. Didn't Christian McCaffrey deserve a, an MVP vote? I mean, I, I know it's the most valuable player. I would never vote for Christian McCaffrey because it is value. So maybe the NFL needs a most outstanding player. And you could argue that's the offensive player of the year, but so often that's just the second best quarterback that we have. Chris McCaffrey did win offense player of the year this year, but I don't know. I am actually more surprised that Lamar Jackson was a near unanimous MVP. I am surprised 
that Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, didn't get any first place votes. And I am just shocked that Christian McCaffrey didn't get a single first place vote. This does prove that the voters are getting smarter, but I, I don't know. Just go, throw Christian McCaffrey a bone. Someone. They, there's got to be some goon that's making the votes here that puts a running back in for the most valuable player. Either way, it's Lamar Jackson. He wins with 493 total points. For comparison, Dak Prescott, the official runner-up, even though he didn't get any first-place votes, 152 votes or points compared to 493. Christian McCaffrey sitting there at 147. A big drop-off to Brock Purdy. So Christian McCaffrey is third in the MVP voting. Then it's Brock Purdy. Drop down to Josh Allen again. Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, CJ Stroud, Matthew Stafford, and Miles Garrett all received votes as well. And so Lamar Jackson becomes the 11th player in history with multiple MVPs. Only one running back has done it, and that is Jim Brown. Of course, it's Jim Brown. But he also joins Brady, Manning, Rogers, Montana, Steve Young, Kurt Warner, Brett Favre, and Johnny Unitas in the 11 time or sorry no the 11 people who have won mvp multiple times so congratulations to lamar jackson he deserved it he really did it was the correct option the outrage that he wasn't a unanimous mvp is misplaced but we'll move on to some of these other awards and some other potential snubs right after this word from the pod father Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from player profiler to their dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team. This is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for super flex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. We are back. And Christian McCaffrey is the offensive player of the year. Well-deserved. He was the most outstanding player in football this year. It's He's a running back, so he's not moving the needle the way the quarterback does. So he shouldn't be the MVP, but Christian McCaffrey was outstanding. 2,023 yards, 21 touchdowns. He was the clear and obvious offensive player of the year. 222 total points. He had 39 votes for first place. And this would have been a conversation. I guarantee this would have been a debate. And I think Tyreek Hill actually would have won it had he not suffered the high ankle sprain. Tyreek Hill was on a historic pace. I truly believe if he doesn't get injured, he is setting the record for the most productive wide receiver season we have ever had. Unfortunately, suffers the high ankle sprain. Seven votes for first place. We also saw Lamar Jackson and C.D. Lamb gets votes for first place. But it's Christian McCaffrey. It's Tyreek Hill. It's C.D. Lamb, number three. Lamar Jackson, number four. Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, and Brock Purdy also getting votes. And someone gave a vote to Travis Etienne as third for offensive player of the year. 
That one doesn't really make sense to me, but all right, moving on to one of the more contentious awards, Defensive Player of the Year. The Steelers fans are in shambles. They are crying about it, saying that it's rigged. TJ Watt is playing the victim card, even though he's a four-time first-team All-Pro, even though he's a six-time Pro Bowler. He doesn't get the accolades that he deserves, even though he absolutely does. And Steelers fans want to cry, oh, Miles Garrett, only one sack over his final seven games. Well, the reason for that is because he was the best player on the best defense in the NFL. Miles Garrett was commanding extra attention and the rest of the defense was benefiting from it. Miles Garrett was a monster. The pressure rate, and a lot of people want to cry about PFF and PFF absolutely does have their issues. They do have their problems. One of the things PFF does really well is offensive and defensive lineman play. So that's two things they do very well. That is something that I can absolutely get behind in their grading system. Miles Garrett absolutely deserved to be defensive player of the year. And that was co-signed by Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, who was third place in voting for defensive player of the year, says no. Miles Garrett deserved it. Steelers fans are being crybabies. And so Miles Garrett wins with 23 first place votes. JJ, not JJ Watt, TJ Watt, 19 votes for first place, seven for Micah Parsons, and one first place vote for Deron Bland. I do not agree that Deron Bland should have been defensive player of the year. I, I get giving him votes in that third column. Don't know necessarily if I would have, but setting the record for most pick sixes in NFL history, that is fantastic. But it was because he was gambling so much, and that oftentimes also bit the Cowboys and hurt them too. So anyways, in total, we've got Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Micah Parsons, Max Crosby coming in in fourth, even though he did not get a first-place vote, Deron Bland. Then we've got Antoine Winfield and Fred Warner tied there, Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack, Justin Matabuke, and Dexter Lawrence also getting votes as well. And people are saying, oh, Dexter Lawrence, the nose tackle with four and a half sacks? You got a vote? Yeah, he absolutely did deserve to get a vote. Dexter Lawrence was dominant this year. He's a nose tackle and arguably a top 10 player in the NFL. Dexter Lawrence is so, so good at what he does. He's just a nose tackle, so he's never going to be defensive player of the year unless he has 10 sacks somehow. It's unlikely as a nose tackle, but still do not besmirch the name of Dexter Lawrence and do not besmirch the name of Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua also got a little bit snubbed. Now I agree. CJ Stroud should have been offensive rookie of the year, but Puka Nakua had a historic season. He had the most receptions, the most yards by a rookie ever. Puka Nakua was truly incredible. And he deserved more than two first place votes. 48 for CJ Stroud, two for Puka Nakua. He, he just, it, this deserved to be a more competitive race. You know, maybe if it was 40 to 10, 30 to 20, something like that. I don't know. I just feel like Puka Nakua probably deserved a little bit more credit for the records that he set. But again, this is such a quarterback biased league. We trend towards quarterbacks because they're the most valuable player that you have to vote for C.J. Stroud. It just hurts my heart as a fan of football to see Puka Nakua only get two first-place votes for Offensive Rookie of the Year. So it's C.J. Stroud, number one, Puka Nakua, number two. In third is Sam Laporta. In a distant fourth is Jameer Gibbs. 40 votes for Sam Laporta, four for Jameer Gibbs. But that is more than B. John Robinson. Jameer Gibbs, more votes for Offensive Rookie of the Year than B. John Robinson. 
We also saw one third place vote each for Zay Flowers, Rasheed Rice, and Jaden Reed. Let's go. Absolutely love Jaden Reed. He's quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the NFL for the versatility, the excitement, the ability to make plays. Absolutely love Jaden Reed. Love Will Anderson becoming the defensive rookie of the year. 16 votes for first place. This was a very, very competitive matchup, though. 16 first place votes for Will Anderson. 14 for Jalen Carter, and also 14 for Kobe Turner, the defensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams, who really dominated down the stretch. Kobe Turner really broke out in the second half of the season. We also saw Devon Witherspoon sitting there in fourth. Joey Porter, Yaya Diaby also got a vote for first place as well. He, Porter, and Brian Branch tied with six points total jack campbell byron young and kalijah cansey also getting votes for defensive rookie of the year but i do think they made the correct decision with the offensive and defensive rookie of the year i think it is the houston texans players will anderson phenomenal cj stroud even better which is why i'm disappointed that kevin stefanski is the coach of the year i understand what he did with this roster with all the four quarterbacks but domico ryan's to lead this team to help guide this team to a playoff win, which I know they don't count the playoffs. Otherwise, Dan Campbell would have had more than 33 points compared to 165 for Ryans and Stefanski. And that's what grinds my gears the most, is that this was just not close at all. This should have been a three-man race. Dan Campbell, 12 wins for the Detroit Lions during the regular season. And he gets disappointing. Just very very disappointing. D'Amico Ryans and Kevin Stefanski actually tie for coach of the year, but we see Kevin Stefanski get 21 first place votes to 20 for D'Amico Ryans. That is the tiebreaker. Very well could have been looking at co-coach of the year, but really if we're including playoffs, it is Dan freaking Campbell, even if they lost in the NFC championship, which I still don't want to talk about, even though I've talked about it plenty either way. Congrats to Kevin Stefanski. He does deserve this accolade. I just, I would have given it to two different people, but he is now the 13th coach in NFL history with multiple coach of the years. Of course, Don Shula winning his coach in NFL history, Bill Belichick, Bruce Arians, and Ron Rivera, all very recent head coaches, recently no longer head coaches, including Ron Rivera and Belichick. Arians retired a couple years ago. We also saw Bill Parcells, Chuck Knox, George Hallis, Mike Ditka, Dan Reeves, George Allen, Joe Gibbs, and Allie Sherman joining those 13 coaches with multiple coach of the year. So congratulations to him. Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, is the assistant coach of the year. I also felt like Ben Johnson, and this is my Lions bias showing in. I thought that Ben Johnson should have won this award, the work they did with the Detroit Lions offense without a clear wide receiver too for the entire season. Just phenomenal. But he ends up third place. He ends up in third place behind Mike McDonald, behind Jim Schwartz, Bobby Slowick, Todd Monk, and Steve Spagnolo. Also in the competition, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, Brian Flores, Dave Canales, and Steve Wilkes also getting votes. But the one that really disappointed me was Joe Flacco winning comeback player of the year. Joe Flacco said he didn't deserve the award. Damar Hamlin came back. He had the biggest comeback that you can possibly have just playing this season at all. It's not his fault that the Buffalo Bills, two all-pro safeties, were healthy all year. But either way, DeMar Hamlin gets snubbed despite having more first-place votes than Joe Flacco. 21 first-place votes for DeMar Hamlin. 
13 for Joe Flacco, but some voters just left DeMar Hamlin off of their ballot entirely. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I'm very disappointed. I don't. How do you leave DeMar Hamlin completely off? I, I understood the debate. Some people thinking it should have been Joe Flacco that won the award. I disagree. But to just not put him in your top three, don't get it at all. So DeMar Hamlin, the runner-up for Comeback Player of the Year. Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, Tua Tagovailoa also in the running, as well as Purdy, Brock Purdy, who probably should have been a bigger story coming off the UCL injury. <laughs> but he just was so seamless, it didn't matter. Also, Calvin Ridley, Brees Hall, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Donald, and Kyler Murray as well, receiving votes. As for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, congratulations to Cam Hayward, and congratulations to all of our Hall of Famers. I pretty much nailed this. I did say Andre Johnson going to the Hall of Fame. He was my choice for wide receiver. Obviously, one wide receiver was going to get in, and that is Andre Johnson. Patrick Willis was also my pick to get into the Hall of Fame. He was the clear best linebacker in the NFL. Between the Ray Lewis and Luke Keekley era, it was Patrick Willis. He was so dominant in those years with the 49ers. Julius Peppers also had a very incredible career. He had the most sacks out of all the remaining options, all the finalists. So Julius Peppers, I also said, would have been my pick to go to the Hall of Fame. Devin Hester being the best punt returner in NFL history. Not the best kick returner. That is Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson is a Hall of Famer. You just have to wrap your head around that. You have to accept that because it's going to happen. If Devin Hester is a Hall of Famer, the for being the best punt returner of all time, Cordero Patterson, best kick returner ever, he's going to the Hall of Fame. So those are the four that I picked. And then the fifth one, I said that could be lots of different guys. I said I'd give it to Jared Allen, but you could have gone with Torrey Holt. You could have gone with a bunch of different people. Antonio Gates, actually, is who... I would have went with personally. I'm surprised that Antonio Gates was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. But she could have gone with Reggie Wayne, could have gone with Jared Allen, Rodney Harrison. Instead, they go with Dwight Freeney, who absolutely deserves to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Then we've got the senior inductees in Steve Mongo McMichael, the Bears defensive lineman, who is also part of the four horsemen alongside Ric Flair in I think it was WCW that he joined the four horsemen and Randy Gratishar, the Broncos linebacker. And since there's three bears that are entering the hall of fame in terms of Julius Peppers and Devin Hester and Mongo McMichael, Steve McMichael, it's probably going to be the Chicago bears in the hall of fame game next year. We're going to see Eli Manning come up for eligibility. We're going to see Luke Keekley come up for eligibility and Adam Vinatieri best kicker of all time. Justin Tucker has an argument for that as well, but Adam Vinatieri don't think he's a first ballot hall of famer. Cause he's a kicker. I don't think he'll receive that honor, but he is a hall of famer. Luke Keekley is a hall of famer. Eli Manning. That is a debate. If you want to put the best players, the best of the best, then it's not Eli Manning, but it's a hall of fame. If you're talking fame, Eli Manning absolutely deserves in the hall of fame, two super bowl wins. Some of the most famous plays of all time. Some of the most fame this wins of all time. I think based on that criteria, Eli Manning is a hall first ballot, not a first ballot hall of famer, but a hall of famer. Luke Keekley going to get in there someday. He's going to get in there as the linebacker after Patrick Willis that dominated, even though he had a short span, Terrell Suggs, Marshall Yonda from the Baltimore Ravens and Marshawn Lynch. Of course, I think are hall of fame players as well. 
Not going to be first ballot, probably not second or third ballot, but I believe Suggs, Marshall Yonda, the best guard of an era in the NFL, and Marshawn Lynch, who is probably the only other Hall of Fame running back from that era alongside Adrian Peterson. And part of that is the accolades and the Super Bowl and all that, but and the, and the personality. So again, it's a Hall of Fame, but I'd put Marshawn Lynch in there. Then after that, the other guys that are eligible next year, Demarius Thomas, Vernon Davis, Darren Sproles, Joe Staley are the offensive players. Earl Thomas, Akib Talib, and Cameron Wake are the other defensive players that are eligible for next year's Hall of Fame. But before we get to that, we have a Super Bowl, a big, big game coming up this weekend. The Kansas City Chiefs added Rashi Rice to the injury report with both of his ankles, not just one ankle. It's an ankles injury for Rashi Rice. This is not considered a significant injury. Rashi Rice is expected to play in the Super Bowl, but oh, that gave me a little bit of heart palpitations this morning when I read that news, but he's expected to be good to go. CEH Clyde Edwards-Elair added to the injury report again with an illness. The guy just does not have a very good immune system. He and Lamar Jackson both popping up on the injury report multiple times throughout the season. We wish CEH all the best. Jarek McKinnon officially questionable for the Super Bowl. Don't expect him to play, but he is questionable. As for the 49ers, George Kittle is limited with a toe injury, but that's about it in terms of injuries for the 49ers. George Kittle just a little bit sore with the toe injury. No risk of him missing the game, but George Kittle not operating at 100%. And the 49ers kind of want to play victim here. They kind of want to cry about a lot of things. They were complaining about the field, which honestly I get the fields in the NFL, the field standards in the NFL are pretty brutal. And just because the NFL says, no, we, we unanimously agreed. The field was good. I, I don't believe that, but you compound compound that with the complaining about the holding that we've already heard from San Francisco 49ers owner, Jed York, that we've already heard from Nick Bosa, and the game hasn't even happened yet. Now they're complaining about the alarm going off in the hotel and how they just, they just weren't practicing right. I, I, I don't know. It just feels like the 49ers are coming up with a lot of excuses before we've even played the game. And I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong. But I think Kansas City is going to win. I don't even hope I'm wrong that Kansas City loses this or wins this game. But I'm taking Kansas City. I think the 49ers are already building up the excuses. I think Patrick Mahomes as an underdog, take Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs at plus two. I think this is going to be a 31 to 28 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. That is 59 combined points. So, of course, we are taking the over 47 and a half for the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Final couple updates around the NFL. Mike Zimmer is going to be the new defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. 67-year-old former Minnesota Vikings head coach was part of the Cowboys staff from 1994 to 2006. Former defensive coordinator of the Bengals as well. Mike Zimmer, a storied career and really one of the best defensive minds the modern NFL has ever seen. Mike Zimmer was not run out of Minnesota, was not fired because his defenses were ineffective and uncreative. Mike Zimmer I expect to have much success with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't love that they only interviewed three guys, Ron Rivera, Rex Ryan, and Mike Zimmer. I do love the hire of Mike Zimmer no matter what. And I guess there were some internal interviews as well, but they lost two internal guys. Adam Durd is the new defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. 
linebacker, no, the defensive line coach for the Cowboys since 2021. He is now the defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks, born in England, played in NFL Europe, so we wish him the best. And the Cowboys also allowed Joe Witt Jr., the secondary coach, to become the defensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. So it's going to be interesting to see them go with the steady hand, the veteran coach in Mike Zimmer. I do think this is a good decision. We'll see what kind of understaff that he brings alongside of him, but just an interesting decision, but one I am a fan of. The Commanders are bringing on Brian Johnson, the former offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. It was just messy. Philadelphia was just messy in general. I don't think we can lay all that at the feet of Brian Johnson. A lot of people overvalue what coaches do, and he was working under another offensive coach in Nick Sirianni as well, so we don't know how. What, what meddling happened behind the scenes of his position is to be determined on the commander staff. The Chargers are bringing back Justin Herbert's favorite quarterback coach, Shane Day. He was the QB coach for 2021-2022. Left this past season with Kellen Moore joining the fray and became the passing game coordinator of the Houston Texans. Now he's back with the Chargers under Jim Harbaugh. So that's going to give Herbert some comfortability. We mentioned Patrick Willis, former linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers, now a Hall of Famer under Jim Harbaugh. His running mate, Navarro Bowman, who was great at times, at the very end there for Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman surpassed Patrick Willis. Unfortunately, his career was cut short. His prime was even shorter then Patrick Willis is just that one year where Bowman finally became better and then injuries caught up with him, but he is now the linebackers coach for the LA chargers played for Harbaugh with the 49ers. Also a defensive assistant at Maryland this past year. Who will he be coaching? Though obviously he's an inside linebacker coach, but will outside linebacker edge rusher defensive end. It's all the same position. Even if the pro bowl and all pro don't want to treat it that way. Will Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa be there? There's a rumor that Khalil Mack is expected to be traded. He is due $30 million. They need to move on from Khalil Mack. They simply cannot afford it. Given the number crunch that they are under as for Joey Bosa, the team is reportedly going to listen to trades on Bosa as well. He has missed significant time over the past couple of years with injuries, though he is still incredible, but the chargers just don't have money to spend right now. It's all locked up in Herbert who they're, not moving on from, obviously. That would be literally impossible to move on from and stupid to do anyways. But Bosa, Khalil Mack, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen all basically account for over $100 million. I think $100, yeah, I think $100 million between the three of them. I think it's 30 30 20 20 between the three of them, counting for $100 million of the salary cap. That's got to change. There's going to be some decisions made who will end up where stay tuned. That's what player profiler today is for. That's why you tune in to player profiler today. That's why you subscribe to the player profiler news channel. You get all sorts of news updates like Dante Hightower rejoining the new England Patriots. He's going to be the linebacker coach under Gerard Mayo, former offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Bill O'Brien is going to be the next head coach of Boston college. He's going to stick around in the new England area. Stick around in Boston. Bill O'Brien replaces Jeff Halfley, the former head coach of Boston College, who is now the defensive coordinator of the Packers. And speaking of college football, Wink Martindale, new defensive coordinator of the Michigan Wolverines. I love this move. Wink in the NFL, he, he was too aggressive. Modern NFL offenses were starting to adapt to the constant all-out blitzes from Wink Martindale. But in college... Ooh, that excites me about Wink Martindale. He is going to be absolutely harassing 
lower tier quarterbacks. They're not going to know what to do. They don't know what their hot read is. And even if they do, they're not accurate enough to hit that hot read. So Wink Martindale at Michigan is a home run hire. Absolutely love that. And speaking of the Big Ten, Ohio State now has Chip Kelly as their offense coordinator. Chip Kelly was so desperate to get out of UCLA that he went from head coach to offensive coordinator of a team in the same conference. Wild, absolutely wild. I don't know what happened with Chip Kelly and UCLA. I thought he was still coaching there, or I thought he I thought he had moved on already. This is a Mandela effect that I had already thought he moved on before he started interviewing for NFL offensive coordinator jobs. When that didn't pan out, now he just wants out of UCLA so bad that he's headed to Ohio State. We will see if Ohio State can win the game with Chip Kelly as the offensive coordinator or if Michigan with new defensive coordinator Wink Martindale will be winning the game, Ohio State versus Michigan. And speaking of the game, the quarterback to last win the game, J.J. McCarthy, who just comes off a national championship. We're starting to hear rumors, starting to hear buzz that J.J. McCarthy is about to be a top 10 pick in the NFL. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.